Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> Okay, we were just talking and I kind of stopped because I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Um, we were talking about Chris Williamson and just how he, like a lot of times when he does a podcast and he has a guest on, he'll literally just say a statement that they had said and then he kind of just waits for them to respond or like elaborate on it. Um, and, and Chris Williamson was just on Rogan's podcast. And I've fought this for like the last year or so. I almost feel like Rogan's podcast is getting very repetitive on Rogan's part. Very repetitive. Like he says the same shit to the same guests every episode. Can, can I tell you one thing? And this, Please, might be, yeah. this might be exactly what you're talking about. I had to start laughing the last time he brought this up because I was like, bro, I have this down to a T because I've heard you say it 20 times. Yoel Romero. Oh, with the tendons with, with the or yeah yeah yeah, yeah broken orbital <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, tendons yeah. and where did you get this guy and right his, his eyes healing he's a superhuman he's told that story verbatim to everybody yeah and it's like i i'm not hating on it but the last time he did it i was like bro this is the third time in the last two weeks i've heard this whole story from you and it's worrisome for me too and like uh derek actually um he too because i we were talking about the podcast and he was like because i brought it up that i was always scared i was gonna repeat a story and he's like i think you're pretty good actually he's like it's so, the odd time but for the most part i think we cover like somewhat new topics but going back to rogan like i've just i don't know i've i've kind of just it, and it's not that I don't like the guy. I love the guy. He inspired me in so many ways. I listened to him for a fucking decade. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it's it's almost that pendulum is almost starting to swing. And I think the ball is going to be put in someone else's court. And I was thinking while Chris Williamson was on Rogan's podcast, you know who one of the best hosts is in the world right now for a podcast? Chris Williamson. Mm -hmm. He's one of my favorite guests. He's like Lewis Howes, but less dorky and less PG. I was going to say, what it is What is it about him that you like so much? Do you know what I like? He does what Lewis Howes does. But again, like I said, he's just more cool about it. He a little bit he, less like PG-13. Yeah. And he, he's a little more natural with it where Lewis Howes is fucking great. But he, it's a little bit forced yeah. with from him. But Chris Williamson, like um, like I was telling you, I was listening to that podcast with, uh, he was like an expert in marriage. Chris Williamson, the podcast starts. So his, like, his, his intro music stops. The podcast starts with him being like, why are men so afraid of marriage today? That's it. Silence. Balls in your court. Answer the question. Yeah. Then he answers the question. Then he might have a rebuttal that's very well thought out. And then they have like a very deep conversation right out of the gate. And this is obviously, this is so dumb coming from me to like, I'm not necessarily criticizing Rogan's podcast, but I almost feel like it. I wish it was less of them just shooting the shit at this point. Mm -hmm. Like Rogan, he kind of like really blew up of just having conversations. Yeah. We've heard all the conversations. We've heard all your thoughts now. Start to like maybe research a bit more of your guests. Like when you have Chris Williamson on, I want to learn about his history. 
Where'd you come from? What were your parents like? How was the nightclub business? How was modeling? You did a reality show. What was that like? Like, I don't know. I just, I wish Rogan would be more of an interviewer and less of like this old guy just talking shit with his homies because you say the same shit. Do you know what I, do you know why I think he might say the same things? It's almost like certain trigger topics come up where it's like if you talk about hunting, um, hunting in bad weather, he'll tell the story about how him and Callan went and they were wet for one week and how amazing the sun felt when they got back. Right. Or you, you bring up Yuel Romero and he has to tell this whole right. story about, hey, I got to tell you this story, you know? And so these trigger topics come up and he just goes off on the same things. Yeah. Again, we're not talking shit about Rogan. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. What were you else going to say? I was going to say, just cause we're on this topic and I'd like you to continue. Again, we'd be at the top of the list for people to pick apart for podcasts. So let, let's get that straight. But yeah. it is funny. You can think, and I agree with you. I think Chris Williamson is fantastic at communicating and he's very smart and he's a very good listener. We've talked about Joe Rogan, how it's like so random and so chill and so conversational, how Lewis Howes is, and again, Lewis Howes is like one of the best podcasters in the world, but a little bit PG. Right. Ed Milet, great podcast. Ed Milet's thing is... Um, just say any sentence anything uh, i drove here today and it was nice out the roads are great do you know what everybody i want you to listen that's the best thing i've ever heard in the right, world. right that's the best most impactful five seconds i've ever had on the podcast i think we just changed lives today yeah i love you brother oh uh, yeah yeah i love on, you brother on every episode on every episode so every guest <laughs> like but i thought you said that about the last guy <laughs> it's, it's always a little too much right. where it's like bro every episode you don't have a tidbit of like right. we change the world but and yeah. i love ed my he's got a great podcast but man he does that so yeah oh, so funny. And, and i think that's where i've been enjoying chris williamson so much is like he does he does seem um just very natural with how he is. Yeah. Like even the way he asks questions, the way he laughs. He doesn't laugh if it's not funny. Yeah. So people say shit and it's just dead silence. And then he just asks another question. But I, I even like where he, he can almost know when the story is done. And then he just says another profound thing. Because he has he did his research. The guests that he has on, he's like, I've, I've read your book. I've watched your film whatever the thing is so he like really has like layers for them yeah where yeah i just i feel like i've just haven't been like listening to rogan's podcast just for that reason and even him having chris williamson on the only reason that podcast was good because chris williamson came prepared yeah. he came prepared yeah he wasn't just having a, like he obviously let rogan kind of talk about pandemic stuff and whatever but then chris williamson was like oh i want to teach you about this and then he would be like did you hear da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. he would say some crazy shit where rogan was like holy fuck i didn't know yeah. that but i'm like that's why we fell in love with rogan you used to be the guy that was like oh fuck i didn't know that and then you would have some crazy shit to say yeah. but now i feel like there's a lot less of those moments that's why i always listen to modern wisdom yeah yeah it's good to switch it up man like i have like seven podcasts i go through and it depends for how i'm feeling too i love pbd sometimes i don't care about politics and business right. that much that day you know you get tired of brendan Schaub interrupting lex friedman's great but sometimes it's a little too monotone and long right. and like calm or whatever um lex is a great listener he lets yeah. guys go off for like minutes and minutes and he'll just let them talk you right. know but uh um, I, uh, I, uh, I got caught in my own little street podcast with, it wasn't recording, but, um, I saw another homeless person. Okay. <laughs> Drove past him. He had a dog with him and a little sign. Didn't see the sign. Didn't care. I, so I parked, came out, walked over to him. I had $5. I gave him five bucks. Where was this at? Uh, right outside of, um, 
what's the grocery store right off Warman Road? Um, not not the one right coming in from Warman, not Safeway. Extra it's like foods? on the way to the, yeah. Maybe is it no 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 it's it's what's the new one? Um, oh, uh, no frills. No frills. No frills. Yeah. Yeah. Right outside, no frills. So I walk over to this guy and I give him five bucks, and I was like, "Nice dog, man." And I just just wanted to do a nice thing, give him five bucks, pet the dog, give him a fist bump. Your power to school? Yeah. Oh, and back on. Um, short and sweet, and I did that. Here's your money. Pet the dog. Hey man, good luck out here. Went to fist bump him and he fist bumped me and he's like, are you a Christian? And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> uh, not really. Wouldn't consider myself. Like I don't subscribe to anything, whatever, you know, not an atheist either, either. And then he was like, oh, he's like, I'm a reverend. And then he just didn't shut up for 20 minutes. I sat there for 20 minutes with this guy Damn. and he talked my ear off about how <laughs> he was a vessel that God is like steering him in these directions and he's doing all this shit for God and he's trying to get enough money to stay in a hotel. And he's like, man, a lot of people come out here, they give me money. They think I'm just going to buy drugs. And I was like, I don't care if you do, if that's, what's going to help you right now, go buy drugs. I just don't care. But then eventually I felt bad where I'm like, after like, it was probably realistically, I bet it was 10 to 12 minutes long enough to talk to a homeless guy. Yeah and not have any response. It's just him blabbering. And he's got no teeth and he's telling me that he doesn't do drugs, he's a reverend, he's sober, he's educated. I literally had to stop the conversation. I completely just interrupted him. I was like, hey man, good luck. And I stuck my fist out again, he fist bumped me, I pat the dog while he's still talking and then I just walked the fuck away. <laughs> I was like, this is the, my, my nice deeds are up. Yeah. I gave you my ear for 10 minutes, I gave you some money, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. But yeah, I just was like, God damn it, man. Like That lack of self-awareness. The lack of self-awareness and I don't know, maybe just the, um, I don't know if it's niceness or what it is by, like to, I knew right when he's like, are you, a, I should have been like, hey, sorry, I don't have the time. Mm. good luck love you that's it yeah. instead i'm like oh you know I'm not... <laughs> and you gave him a response and then he's like oh i got someone i'm gonna recruit this guy you know have you ever tried reading the bible bro funny uh i i i've re- yeah a little bit i've tried a little bit my brother used to read the bible to me when we were young um but i just found a bible on the street the other day and i took it and put it in my car really yeah because I, I was driving by and I saw it, like, I saw like this like binder looking thing with like a book in it. And I was like, oh, what's the book? Mm. So I like, I didn't even get on my car. I just pulled up right beside it and I was like reaching for this thing and I mm. yanked it into the car. And sure wow. enough, it's like a fucking big Bible. Damn. So I was like, maybe it's, it's a, a sign. sign. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of, you've heard of Jelly Roll, right? Yeah. He's this big famous country music singer, tattoos all over the face. Um I think it was when he was on Full Send, he was talking about how when he was in jail, like he read the full Bible, he read, I think the Quran. So he was able to like compare religions, but um, that'd be a tough book to read. Whenever I hear a little passage, I read it and I got to read it again and I got to read it again. And I'm like, I think I understand it. Yeah. That's tough read. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's funny. I always see Dwayne Ludwig. He, he reads the Bible all the time. He's always like, you see all the highlighted things and meditate. it's a fucking da vinci code to like peel yeah. some of the layers back of like yeah. like what did that word mean back then yeah. you know it's like I, I yeah it's so hard to like and everyone's got their own um what's the word i'm looking for um 
the way they view that book, their own um, perspective Perception on it. Perception or perspective. There's a certain word that I'm looking yeah. for. Someone's probably screaming at the mic right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone's got their own way that they can um, like deconstruct the the message of the book, mm-hmm. and that's why it gets so tough. You yeah. know, it's like everyone reads the same Bible, but everyone read the different Bible. Yeah. It's like I can sit here and watch a movie with you. We both watch a different movie. We'll laugh at different parts. We'll think different. Like things will trigger different memories that we have. Maybe that's what it's about. It's like you know different people perceive it differently and get different things out of it. I don't know. Yeah. But. Well, I think like Raheem and I talked about this recently and we were kind of talking about how, um, you know, I think religion is, I don't know, maybe not most powerful, but it, it can be really powerful when it's aimed at yourself to better yourself. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is like, Oh, I need to preach this on other people and I need other people to believe what I believe because it's right. But it's like, I feel like the best religions are the ones that are kept to themselves and it's for you. It's for the individual to grow and better themselves yeah. through whatever kind of holy book you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm kind of like David Goggins in this sense. Not in all the sweet ways, but he said he's a terrible learner, meaning when he reads a book. I think he was studying, uh, studying like medical right now. Well, he's... he's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. But he's saying that he, he'll sit there and he'll have to read the same page like 10 times and highlight it. Mm. It'll be like a, you know, like a two hour thing just to get through one page, like a full day to like really absorb what was on that one page and like right. understand it. I've always felt like that. You know, some things are easier to read. If I'm, you know, reading a whatever self-help book or storybook, whatever it is, I can skim through it and I retain it. But if I'm studying a real estate course or I'm studying economics or whatever it is in like a textbook, yeah, man, it takes work for me to soak that up. Yeah. Or if I'm writing an exam, I have to read slowly and read it a few times. And other people, man, they whiz, they whiz through it. And yeah. I can get the same mark as you, but the amount of concentration and focus I have to have is yeah. uh, on the lower end of the spectrum for sure. But you flip the script to the athletics, like... <clears throat> What you could do in a month with athletics, like learning a new sport, and what yeah. some guy that would beat you in a fucking test like that, exactly, it would take. He would have to work so much harder. Where your body intelligence is far greater. You might just not have like the memory of like reading a textbook and then putting it on paper. You know, hundred percent. Just like different intelligences, different yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there was so I, I'm at. I was at Motion Fitness. And I bumped into like a really well-known realtor. Um, and, Ryan uh, Tillman? <laughs> no. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's like a really big realtor. And anyway, I bump into him and he's, um, we're talking in the change room and he's like, uh, it's just so funny how people have different words and different responses for like big events that happen. Like my mom passing away. And he, he, he knew my family and he was like, um, He's like, I, I heard about your mom. She passed away. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, stage four cancer. And he's like, his, I, I was like, yeah, she passed away stage four cancer. And he's like, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, if I won the lottery, that's amazing. If I fall in love, that's amazing. If I start a business, <laughs> that's amazing. But when my mom dies... <laughs> Choose different vocabulary. What was his follow-up to that? Nothing. That was like, I think that, that, again, (laughs) that was like his way of, like, it's almost like the same thing. I was like, uh, I don't know, like, 
oh, that's like that's dev- like it's it's amazingly horrible. <laughs> like I just I'm it caught me off guard. Like he said, like that's amazing, yeah, and I kind of like looked storm, at him. Like the tornado that came through was awesome force. Right. Yeah, it'd be like um, yeah, like the tornado picked up my car and threw it across town. Oh, that's amazing. Hey. What's amazing about okay, it? Okay, so like, just wait. <laughs> so he's, that's all he said. Yeah, and we, we further, like, we talked more after that. But in, <laughs> as far as that sentence and the, and the response <laughs> to my mom dying was like, that's amazing. And I just was like, all right. I didn't take offense to it. I was like, I just some fucking, like, that's just his, I don't know. Maybe he got nervous. Maybe he didn't know what to say. But I was like, <laughs> not amazing. Say anything but yeah, but yeah anything but that, man. Okay, just say, it, just it, it, it reminded me of like Trevor Whitman. Like, could you imagine if I told Trevor Whitman, I'm like, yeah, like my mom passed away, like stage four cancer. And he's like, wonderful. And he does his little, I'd yeah. be like, not wonderful. Yeah. Not, not yeah. here. It's good to have enthusiasm and be charismatic, but right. hey, bro. He probably just read like some kind of real estate selling book, like to be enthusiastic and so he just had it in his head like no matter what i say that's amazing it's like just like optimist perspective yeah so so just wait okay so he says that and then you just how did you you just took it i in probably just then, awkwardly like maneuvered the quite like thing and i just kind of probably kept talking about my <laughs> yeah, mom and shit. i can't get over that that's <laughs> fucked up yeah that's like really fucked up to yeah, say it's, and i knew it wasn't like out of like a he wasn't like mean about it like i knew it was like like a pure heart he had good intentions but i remember just thinking like what a fucking dumb thing to say <laughs> like <laughs> man i can't get over that that's yeah. too much yeah pick any other word i i don't even see the relevance to that word yeah. at all yeah that's messed up bro wow. sorry to hear that <laughs> jesus do you um do you remember the uh it's like a really viral clip and it's kind of badass where it's like this almost like a dorky looking dude he's not like out of shape or anything he's i think he's got glasses on uh clean cut guy but he's 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 standing like this with his hands up and a guy's got a gun to his back and it's like in a stage so he's like performing the guy turns around and disarms this guy in a fucking like fraction of a second like i'm sure you've seen it um the guy's name is victor marks i think okay but he's like he's one of the i think he has like the world record of disarming a gunman okay but yeah the video is him like standing there and like you know it, it's got like cool music playing and then right when the beat drops it's just shoom, he turns around like lightning speed and it's just guns pointed right at the guy and everyone's like holy shit hmm. anyway i saw a video of like why he got so good at disarming guns it was fucking wild dude hmm. it's just crazy how some people are like they just grow up like a it's kind of like a David Goggins type guy where you just grew up in hell. Mm-hmm. So you just learn how you just adapt to hell and yeah, you yeah. get badass at whatever you're doing. Yeah. So this guy's, um, I think his real dad stepped out of the picture, but his stepdad that came in was violently like abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, he would tie him to the bed and he would like electrocute him. He would drown him till the guy would pass out. Jeez. He would beat the shit out of him. But one of the things that he would do a lot was he would take a gun to his son or like his, his whatever, it's not his real dad, but you'd take a gun to his head and say, just so you know, I could pull this trigger anytime I want. That's it. And then you walk out. You just threaten his life with a gun and then walk out of this kid that was like, I don't know, eight or 10. Wow. And so the guy's like, all right, motherfucker, like I'm going to learn how to disarm this piece of shit. Wow. So he became like a fucking savage. And I, I don't know if he's like a, he looks like a cop of some sort or like a military guy. Yeah. And I, I don't know like much of the story outside of that, other than that's what kind of got him to learn how to disarm a gunman. 
So sometimes you see a video of that, you're like, oh, it's cool. He must have taken a course two years ago. But it's like, no, fucking dad was holding a gun to his head saying, I can kill you anytime I want, just yeah. so you know. And then he'd walk out. And that so sparked guy, his initial of like, I yeah. know my calling. It's crazy, man. It's, it's wild. Cr- it's, it's, it's wild. And like, he's a, he's a really religious guy, but it, it's always wild when people can take <clears throat> such trauma and flip it to a positive. Yeah. Like that guy could have just been, become his dad or his stepdad. Yeah. Just an abusive piece of shit. But yeah. instead he became probably like a cop who's like a savage and badass who can like <laughs> disarm people really well. What do you think happens more often? Like if your dad's an abusive alcoholic or your dad rapes you do you think you're like i wonder what the stats are you're more likely to become that or you're more likely to go the complete opposite direction i bet you're more likely uh to go in a negative direction because i think the positive ones we see are the david goggins they're the outliers Mm -hmm. but think how many people had abusive dads you don't hear about them they're just fucking some guy working some job somewhere beating the fuck out of their kids Mm -hmm. so it's like we hear about the outliers but I it just, I, I, yeah, I feel like there's a, most of the time growing up in that environment, yeah, I think there's stats on it. Like, I think when you grow up without a dad or an abusive parent or broke parents, you're probably going to be broke. You're probably going to be abusive. You're probably going to lack education. Like, you're going to follow what your parents showed yeah. you. We hear about the outliers. Oh, I, my parents were divorced. They were broke. We grew up in the projects, but here I am a billionaire. And everyone's like, oh. And I, yeah, I think there's a spectrum too. It's like, okay, your dad used to tie you to a bed and electrocute you. And then you end up being like a New York Times bestseller. That's the ones we hear about. But there's also cases more mid-spectrum where um, this this person grew up in a household where it wasn't like super negative, but maybe their parents divorced. And then they're like, okay, I want to have a solid, strong family. And they just get married and right. have a strong family with three kids. And we yeah. don't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, to really spin it to like an excel at something. Yeah. That's the, yeah, I think that's very much like a liar type yeah. shit. That's crazy. Imagine. I'm reading this book right now. I just started. It's a little bit different than things I normally read. It's called The Art of Learning. And um, I was watching a YouTube video on this jujitsu prodigy guy named Joseph Chen. He's like this guy who's a young up and comer and he's like changing the game. He's one of those like Mikey Musumeci brilliant minds who's applying it to jujitsu. And um, he was, there's a video basically talking about what he did to get so good at jujitsu. And he was Mm -hmm. talking about different books he's read and different like mental models and, you know, mindsets he's had with regards to the martial art. And he brought this book up, but it's, uh, I just started reading it today actually, but it's about, um, yeah, the, it's about the art of learning. Yeah, the the yeah. guy who wrote it, he uh, he be, he was a chess prodigy when he was a little kid. He grew up in New York and he started, you know, like rough people who used to play in the parks. This would have been in the 80s. Right. You know, they had like chess matches with these guys who were smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and old, you know, 40, 50 year old guys. Yeah. And he started like playing with them under supervision. And then he eventually got to like build up rapport with these guys. And his parents would like let him go with him when he was like seven, eight years old. And then he whatever ended up being really good at that world champion and then he got into um what is it again tai chi yeah like the chinese martial art mm-hmm. and he became like you know a prodigy at this martial arts apparently and, hold your thought yeah. you said tai chi yeah. i ordered um a pad thai the other day yeah. and i was like yeah i'll get uh, i'll get a thai pad 
Ah, didn't mean to. Just came out. The girl, I don't know if she knew what I meant. That's but she funny. started laughing and she's like, <laughs> she's like, you mean a, a pad thai? And I was like, yeah. And Aaron heard it. She was laughing her ass off. And I just had Muay Thai in my mind. That's Get so a thai funny. Pad. She's like, huh? <laughs> You'd be the same guy to go to Hawaii and order a Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. They have the drink, the Mai Tai. Okay, it's like yeah. the most famous drink there. <laughs> that's and that's a, hilarious. That's yeah. when you know you're dialed in. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating to know like how people get great at things, whether it's from trauma, they become a right. specialist at disarming or like, I don't know. It's just fascinating how people get so fucking dialed on, yeah. on, on one niche specialty of a thing. You and know? do you know what I think? And you know what I fear is like I... Um, I've been thinking about this like a lot, even just this year, like after my mom passed and stuff, I just, I, I, f I found myself doing more puzzles and listening to less podcasts and taking in less information, yeah. posting less on social media, still post here and there. I don't want more information. I think we've yeah, got yeah, enough that. information. We've talked about it before, yeah. but I wonder if, if maybe that book is going to talk about that a little bit. But I have a feeling that people that really excel at learning and they master things, they're probably not consuming that much dumb information. Yeah. yeah. Like we all are. That's a problem. It's a fucking serious problem. We feel productive when we're constantly reading and listening to podcasts, but man, the, the reality is a lot of the time it's just a distraction to thinking. And it makes you feel productive. That's the danger. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you, yeah. like I actually heard this um, Alex Hermosi, which, yeah, he was saying how, um, <clears throat> So many of these people, like he, he had this one guy that was like, he told him his morning routine and it was like a two hour long thing. And then he would start work. And Alex Hermosi was like, I've already made a million dollars when you've been just fucking doing nothing. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Doing nothing. He's like, you know, my morning routine, open up emails and work, which yeah. probably not that healthy either. There's a balance like yeah, anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Like maybe have a, some kind of morning routine, like yeah. to give yourself 20 minutes. Mm. You know, I think Alex Hermosi is a lunatic. I think he's obsessed with work yeah and yeah. he'll probably die early because of it maybe yeah. or not yeah it's, it's a bit it's that balance yeah of like knowing when but yeah I, I think as far as learning goes yeah i don't know man I, I think a lot of people are probably struggling getting good at something because there's so many distractions you can't focus like having your attention and your focus on something that you want to get good at is so crucial but how can you when this device is sitting right here and i can i can do anything i can watch the most entertaining shit ever on this phone but yeah, I got to sit here and learn about chess. Nuh-uh. Man, I'm so grateful that we grew up in the time without these devices. Yeah. When And I know we've talked about this before, but when you wait in the doctor's office and you're just looking around and you're thinking like you're not having your head down. When I go to the gym these days, and you know what? I don't want to be a hater. I, honestly, I catch myself sometimes. I, I'm turning into that older guy that's like, oh, these damn kids. You know right. what I mean? Um, and I love to see these young kids getting after it, lifting weights in the gym. Like it's, it's actually cool because I feel like kids nowadays are more active as far as like taking care of their mental, you know, right. their, their physical strength and like staying active. How than they much used of to that, be. how much of that would stop if social media went out the window? How many people do you think would quit going to the gym if there was no social media? If you couldn't post a, a progress pic or post something with your shirt oh, off? Oh, a lot. Like 50%? Yeah, dude. And, I, and I'll get into that. I just, I thought about, I thought about this, but I have two older sisters. One of them's three years older than me. One of them's five years older than me. So we're talking like 30, 37 and 39. Um, I remember my sisters when we were in high school, like when they were in, you know, grade 10, 11, 12, what they would do with their friends 
I know Mitch Symbolisti listens to this, so he'll probably chuckle at this, but they used to get together and go to like the Pioneer restaurant and at night on a Tuesday and just drink a pot of coffee and smoke cigarettes in the restaurant and hang out with like six people and just See, smoke and drink amazing. coffee and just hang out and talk, you know? Yeah. But when I go to the gym nowadays, bro, nobody, nobody can stand downtime. Like in between every set, the, the head's yeah. down on, on social media or whatever. And it's like, I, I never want to be one of those people. That, and, and sometimes I am, man. Sometimes I'm so guilty of this. Like I'm at a red light and I can't help but check Instagram. None of us are outsmarting these engineers. Yeah. They, they got us all. Some of us are worse than others, but yeah. nobody's outsmarting these yeah. motherfuckers. They, they know how to tap inside our, our mind. But to like be aware, there's an yeah. art of being in the now. There's an art of being present being in the moment and just being aware yeah. and we got to fight for it every day. But man, distraction is the biggest enemy of, of any accomplishment or, you know, mental peace, whatever it is these yeah. days, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminds you of this thing again, Chris Williamson posted and I, I maybe I'll tie it to that. Um, he was just talking about the average weight in America <clears throat> in the 1960s. Women weighed about 140 pounds, men, 166 pounds. This is 1960. To now, so what is that? 60 years ago? Um, so now, women weigh 170 pounds on average. So they went from 140 to 170. Men went from 166 to 198. So like those are what, 30 pound jumps? How much of that is because of our devices sitting on our phone doing nothing? How much of it is food? There's probably, but what, what I started to think about, I'm like, okay, that's 1960 to now. What about 30 years from now? Because 1960 to like 2000, there's not that much technology. Nobody's on their phone like they are now. How much is that going to blow up? We're going to be a bunch of fatties in 30 years, bro. Hell, I don't know what the averages are. The women will be over 200 pounds. The men will be what, 260? Like, could you imagine? I, I picture from like an alien, from like an outside view, looking at like a population, all just over 200 pounds, a little plump, sitting on these devices with back problems. And I'm like, bro, we're headed in kind of a scary direction. Well, and there's some people like us who will navigate through the storm yeah. and be extra healthy and, you know, keep peace of mind. But there's even people nowadays who maybe they're morbidly obese and they've been gamers their whole lives. I think, and maybe they're into VR. There's a handful of people, well, there's more than a handful of people out there that are kind of like, okay, cool, this reality life, cool, whatever. I like life in the VR better. And yeah. they literally give up in what we call physical reality. And they're a rock star in this virtual life. And all they need to do in this life is sit in their room. Maybe they've made some money online. They don't even need to work anymore. Maybe they have an inheritance. And they just drink energy drinks and sit with their bad posture and sit as, as a big ball of jelly and they live their life in this virtual reality and it's like they're like hey this life is better i'm going to spend my energy and time here that's a scary thought scary. it's like living in another dimension yeah and then <laughs> yeah i know i'd always like to tap inside their actual thoughts like <clears throat> are you are you genuinely happier doing that you genuinely happier sitting there ghosting the entire world and just living in vr world even if like let's say they're making money a girlfriend in vr world you know see i've always looked at that as look at life as a video game you know you hear be the hero of your own movie it's like be the game character of your life 
It's like if you can kill it in virtual reality, right. kill it in this life. There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be pain and all this. But it's like you can't run away. Like this is all we have, man. Like you can't. But it's, it is tough too because then you think about like, I don't know. I think how many people are just not dateable. Maybe they're not attractive. They're un- they don't make money. They're, then they're just like, I'm done. I'm done with this world. I was- I- yeah, yeah. There's a way. I know there's a way, but it's like they don't think that way, man. Yeah. It's just like they just don't, you know? And so maybe, yeah, I could see the compelling idea of like just diving into that world. Like, look, just this like world that sucks, in- treating me like shit, you it's know? It's like that instant gratification. It's like yeah. it's, it's, it's that dopamine rush. It's like I can get away with doing this. It's like, yeah, I might die earlier. And if I look in the mirror when I go to take a piss every six right. hours, like I might not like what I see, but like I'm choosing this. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I know it is scary, and sometimes I even think about like going, like going to war against the machine, even just in your own individual life. Like if if that's if that's what the average weight is, and I'm I want to be on the better side of that, so I'm gonna just push back. I'm just gonna make sure I'm not that guy. Yeah, I'm just gonna make sure I'm fit. Watch my calories a little bit. Work my ass off. Train every day. And just be a, one of the, the guys on this side of history because I think this is the better side. I think it's healthier. It is healthier. Man, it's healthier to lo- lose some weight. You do, know? do you know what? I was at my parents' lake this weekend with my buddy. We were hanging out playing poker. And the, uh, my friend asked, like, how, how, why, why do you do the ice bath, you know? Because we were talking about ice bath. And, um, man, you're going to live a better life if you just – a good majority of the time – a good majority of the time, take the path of path, take the path of most resistance. Seek difficulty, man. Your life is easier when you seek difficulty. Sometimes it doesn't mean you need to like ice bath and do all this shit, but like do difficult things for an easier life. Period, man. Yeah. Period. Yeah, he was even. Um, who was just? I'm going to share a little bit of this, but he, he what fucking podcast? Chris Williamson podcast. Oh, I think it was like an expert on um, psychology. But anyway, he was talking about, um, and it's kind of like what you're saying, but in a grant, in, in a in a larger picture. Like he said, even the pandemic, for instance, and whatever your views are on the pandemic, I have my own. Not going to share them right now. Um, he said, with the pandemic, what happened with the pandemic probably ten xed our research on vaccines and certain treatments for certain viruses. So it's like this. Um, really challenging thing like an ice bath but on the grand scale so technology elevates it's like world war ii he's like after that our technology went through the fucking roof Mm. like it went from the beginning of world war ii he was like horse and buggy end of world war ii dropping nuclear bombs yeah like six years time it just went because we had to yeah. It's like, and when you put yourself in those situations, like a cold bath or like a, you know, martial arts, a jujitsu match, whatever, that struggle is what helps you grow. Even if the technology that helped you grow wasn't like a physical thing, it's not a microphone, yeah, yeah. it's how you view the world. Yeah. It's like you just got some, some better thought process attached to your brain because of the challenge you put yourself through. My knee injury, a, a difficult thing. Some would say resistance. Right. My education on knees and injuries over the last month skyrocketed. Yeah. I didn't know what an MCL, an ACL, mm. a patellar tendon, meniscus was. Right now, I understand the knee more, and mm. you know, maybe that's a blessing in this in, a, in disguise. It still sucks being injured, of course. But what I've learned about like physio and rehab around the knee, it's 
you can call it a blessing. Yeah. You can call it, I, I, I grew a lot through this experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Did you see, um, just to put a complete 360 into this, did you see um, Sean Strickland sparse Nico? Yeah, I did. What do you think about it? I don't know, man. I, I think Sneeko and all those guys are fucking goofballs, so I don't really care what happens to them. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want them to die, but like, I, I, I had two feelings. It's like when my mom died. I felt two things at once. When I watched them spar, I was like, this is too much. What are you doing abusing this kid? Um, and the other part of me was like, yeah, fuck him up. <laughs> yeah. like the duality of the human yeah, mind, eh? yeah like i literally at the same time i was like i hope he knocks sneako the fuck out i don't like him i think he's a rap to society but also i was like ease up on the kid he doesn't know what he's doing you're a bully yeah he's a white belt an actual white belt who just entered a gym and a ufc champion is actually trying to knock him out yeah. he's trying to fucking kill him like the way he was swinging those are he's trying power. to hurt him yeah trying to hurt him but it's Sean Strickland. Man. Do, do you know, you know what I think? Sean Strickland doing Sean Strickland shit. Yeah. If you don't want to get bit by a shark, don't go swimming with the sharks. Yeah. Exactly. You made the decision. You knew who Sean Strickland was. You yeah. knew he's got a screw loose. Yeah. And you stepped in there and said, I'm going to box him for five minutes. Don't be surprised when your eyes are watering and your nose is bleeding in yeah. four and a half minutes. Yeah. And, and that dark part of me, it was satisfying because we talked about how we don't like these new age, you know, yeah. shit disturbing streamer kids. Right. But uh, yeah, there's always that little part of me that's like, oh, is he bullying him? Like, right. this is unfair, but it's <laughs> yeah. crazy, man. Sean Strickland doing Sean Strickland shit. Man. Yeah, it's like Dana White was just like, you can't bring him around normal people. <laughs> You just can't bring that man around normal people. Like yeah. MGK tried to like meet him somewhere and Sean Strickland weird. was like, you're fucking weird, dude. Like go away. Yeah. Like just no respect for him. Just because yeah. he's a celebrity and he's rich means I got to fucking bow down to this guy. Sean's yeah. like, get out of here. Yeah. I don't he's like, like you're you. dressed though. You're a weirdo, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? So There's like, something refreshing about that kind of character, even yeah. though he's very controversial and he's, yeah. he says shit he shouldn't say. There's something refreshing about what you see is what you get. Do you know what I like about it? It's like when Patrick Bet David he always says be impressed by the right things mm. and yeah, yeah so when sean strickland sees a guy like mgk and he's got his hair spiked out here he's wearing this hundred thousand dollar pink suit that's just looks stupid he's, he's like you're dressed like a vampire bro and yeah do you know what it is it's he's peacocking so he's using his yeah, money yeah. to show off his money he's like look at me everyone look at me yeah, i'm yeah, a yeah. god yeah. and sean strickland's like go fuck yourself I'm not impressed by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, because you have money? I don't care. Yeah. Can you actually rap? Like, are you a lyricist? What are you saying in your rap? Like, I'm not impressed by that. So being impressed by the right things is what I learned from that. And Sean Strickland's just not impressed. He, like, even with the I Nelk really like boys, that. Be impressed by the right things. Like, I think Sean Strickland with, with the Nelk boys, he, he always said, he's like, look, you guys have killed it. Like, but I don't respect you. I think you guys are goofs. But he's like, I respect what you've done with business. But he's like, I don't respect you individually. So he's like, yeah. he was impressed by the business. Thinks they're all clowns. Yeah. That's, that's and I cool, like it. man. I like and that. It, and it's a reminder for everyone to like be impressed by the right things. Just because someone has money or just because someone's beautiful or whatever they have, observe what they're actually doing. Like, are you impressed by what they're actually doing or just what they look like? Yeah. You know? I'm going to just keep throwing a couple things at you. Did yeah. you see Dana White walk out on that interview 30 seconds in? Yeah, I did with... Uh, Howie Mandel? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. 
wonder if that was well i guess he said he's like i'm just sick of doing podcasts so yeah. i'm out of here but do you know what man i feel like being a guy like dana white or i don't even like a taylor swift bro you know how exhausting that would be to be those people yeah just constantly in the media even if you don't want to people are just talking shit about you fucking taylor swift doing this and that and dana white's doing this with the ufc we don't agree you're not paying your fighters enough come do the podcast come do the interview and it's like man it comes with a price being that famous and that wealthy yeah you know i think it probably got to a point where you know you say yes you're doing all these things and then he's sitting there he's tired he's exhausted and he's like i am worth whatever it is four billion (laughs) dollars I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. And I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. And he just, he left. Do you know what the interesting thing about that is? I wonder if he would have left if Howie Mandel just started the podcast just with a conversation instead of blowing smoke up his ass. That AB effect. Dude, like um, Howie Mandel was like, just tooting his horn, just talking him up. Yeah, and I very feel great like, intro. Yeah, as he was saying all these nice things, I feel like Dana White was like, bro, I'm going to snap. Dana's not that guy. No. Dana's like not you, that guy. Read the room. You got yeah. an old school fight promoter. He doesn't need you to blow smoke up his ass. Yeah, yeah. He's a billionaire already, yeah. okay? Yeah. Just talk to the man. Yeah. And that's where Chris Williamson, fucking, if he would have started that podcast with Dana White, it would have been like, the the most important question with no fat in the middle here's the question yeah answer it yeah that's it that's the pod and so i think that that mind-numbing almost just like what every actor or mainstream media will do they'll just blow smoke up your ass and then they'll like start the interview yeah i think he was like you know what i can't do this man yeah that's a good point i think most people like they, they kind of like that, but Dana's not that guy. Not that guy, man. Um, speaking of Dana White, we, we kind of talked off air. We uh, listened to him on the full send with uh, Bob Mannery. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild, eh? What a wild podcast, man. So, so like, Bob Mannery, is he famous from basically, you know, kind of trolling being a sports announcer and kind of swearing and being funny? Like, kind of a comedy I, I, post yeah right? like i i want to say he had an actual job first yeah. like i like i don't know if it was on Sportsnet or something yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think he was actually like a, a a broadcaster yeah but i think he really blew up when he started doing the funny shit like yeah. social media like po- po- yeah yeah i think you're right yeah yeah so i think he blew up just doing that and he sir there's there's people out there who you know you always hear the fear of success or self-sabotage and i really do think he's one of those guys who Things are going right, and he can't help but fuck it up for himself. He seems like that guy who has the world at his fingertips, but just can't keep a good, consistent thing going. And Dana called him out for an hour (laughs) in in a loving way, but in like a harsh way. Yeah, yeah, and it just shows you the that the recipe for success isn't just one thing. Like to to maintain, like a a guy like Dana White, you know, um, I feel like Bob Mannery has the traits to be so successful yeah but there's a few screws loose that are just going to prevent him from ever reaching that pinnacle moment of yeah. like a you know the kyle on full send or the dana whites like he's he has he has the thing like he has this thing that people are like dana white was saying he's like seeing this is what bob Menry does he's like you're you're a delusional moron but then you bring us back by making us laugh Mm -hmm. like he has this way of like oh people just like this guy he's funny like he knows how to banter but then he just 
fucking blows a million dollars and does a bunch of lines of coke and just fucks his whole life up. Yeah, and like, misses appointments. Yeah, just, what did she do? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. But yeah, Dana White really fucking let him have it. That's a weird thing, hey? Like the fear of success or self-sabotage. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it just shows how complicated we are as humans, you know? Yeah. And, and man, life is long. Like you're we talking before this, we won't get into yeah. it, but just so I, it's something happened. It just made me think about like coaching just forever, forever and ever. And I, and I love that idea, but you really have to just constantly be kind of growing and just always staying on yeah. like life is long. And so with the Bob Menery, it's like, man, how are you going to make it? Like if you can't just show up to some of these random podcasts while you're making a million dollars doing a podcast, yeah. like what you doing? Yeah. You know? And, and you know what it is too? It's like you, you have success for a while and then you think, okay, I can fuck up and success will come find me again. But it eventually gets to a point where you screw up one too many times and you know, it's just like you're a realtor and you have a really good couple of years, you know, you think that that's just what you make annually now right. and until you don't. Right. And then you don't know how to handle it. And, for a lot of those guys in the spotlight, man, if you keep stepping on your own toes and screwing up, the phone stops ringing eventually, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was wild. That was a wild episode. Yeah. Um, I want, we'll change gears again. This is gonna be a super random episode again. Um, All over the place. <laughs> so I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see how where this goes. But uh, it was a video of this younger girl. And she was, and I'm gonna tie two videos together, but this this video I saw, I think it was actually this morning or maybe yesterday. It's this younger girl, she's probably like, I don't know, 18 to 20, but she was like, growing up, she's like, my dad would always teach me to never hit a man. And we're always told to men should never hit a woman, but it was, it was interesting because she was like, my dad said that no matter how disciplined I am to not hit a woman or hit your mom or anything, like we know that in our family. But I was like, if you hit another man and they don't think like I think, they'll smash your head in and there's not a thing you can do about it. So he's like, when you raise your hand or your fist to another man, you better be ready to get the repercussions. So he's like, do not raise your fist at a man. Don't touch them. Mm -hmm. So what do we see when we're in high school and guys are fighting? A lot of the girls would just get in there and start swinging and smacking dudes. So I saw this video and this is the two videos I want to tie together. So there was that one. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Like, again, like I, I was, it's so obvious, like to not hit a woman to me. Um, but you don't always get the reverse told. Like if, 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 I have, yeah, if you have a daughter, be like, listen, I can't control what other men do. If you're out and about, don't, don't do this. Don't faint at them. Don't, don't hit them. Don't think that they're not going to retaliate just because I wouldn't. Like, I'm a good man. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. He might not be. Yeah. And I saw a video that the guy, he wasn't fucking They're out there, man. Bro, this guy was out there. Yeah. It's a road rage incident. Good old Instagram algorithm showing me them violent videos. Yeah. So this, I don't know what happened beforehand, but there's this younger guy and then there's a married couple. They're probably a married couple. Look like they were together. They get out of their car. The, the husband, kind of like a, a fatter, older guy, kind of comes out fucking aggressive. And then once he gets close to the younger guy, the younger guy goes like this to hit him, kind of faints at him. And the older guy gets scared, runs back to his car. So he doesn't touch him. All good. And then the other guy's just kind of stand there. Okay, it seemed to die down. Wife steps out, gets in the guy's face, yelling, getting real close to his face, one inch from his face, flicks his hat off his head guy blasts her smashes her face in 
she only hits her once, but that was enough. She was missing teeth. Her looked like her nose shattered. She hit her head on the ground, blood oh. pouring out. You could see the aftermath of the videos, people like with the camera out there. But that's one of those videos. Like that girl, she thought that she could get in a man's face and disrespect him and hit him and think nothing was going to happen. And again, most good men not going to do anything. They're going to be like, hey, you might grab your wrist and be like, don't do that. Get back in your car. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like your husband, do what your husband just did. He yeah, ran yeah, the fuck yeah. back in the car. Yeah. Why are you out here? Because in her mind, a guy can't hit a girl. But that's not how every guy thinks. And I think that's like a an important thing where if you're raising kids, boy and girl, maybe tell them, don't do that. Yeah. And look, just in a general sense, don't hit anybody. Okay? How about that? Yeah. But for sure, don't hit dudes because they're strong yeah. and they'll hit back. It's almost like, you know, you're walking by and there's a, you're walking by a yard and there's a rabid pit bull and you're, you're taunting him because he's behind a fence. Most of the time the dog won't get through the fence, right. but like they might in, you know, 5% of the time. Yeah. And I've seen those videos too. And there's some guys that don't even hesitate. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this guy didn't oh. hesitate once she hit the hat. Yeah. His yeah. hands were down like this. She went like this and he's Ooh. without thought just cracked her in the mouth. Husband. Oh Yeah husband got out of the car ran at him again the guy goes like this husband runs back into the car wow. <laughs> he really wanted to fucking oh i need to defend my wife and then he runs out and he's like i'm gonna get this motherfucker and then he gives him a faint he's like you know what sweetie are you okay get up get in the car see maybe, maybe i never seen that video but like when that wife got out of the vehicle that husband should have went and grabbed her and been like this isn't your fight yeah yeah man it's crazy how many yeah, people get fucked up in road rage incidents. Dude, it's wild. Do you know what I've been watching? Well, I haven't been watching it, but I watched a few of these videos recently on YouTube. <clears throat> One of the rabbit, uh, random rabbit holes I went down is um, like protesters, you know, people will be oh, like, stop yeah, yeah. producing oil. Yeah. And they go and I block, they block videos. like a whole freeway and people will come and just like drag them by their, I was watching one this this girl was dragging a girl by her hair off the street. Yeah, and she's still I holding her that. sign. Yeah, yeah. And these people like, this isn't going to help the, the stop the production of oil. And, and by the way, like you're out here on your phones, you're out here, like whatever you guys are consuming oil. Like this isn't how you win a fight. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, it's cool to be vegan and whatever, but running into a steakhouse yeah. and yelling at every, all the customers, that's not the way to save the world. Do you know what it reminds me of? When people have a two hour long morning routine without being productive at all, it feels like you're being productive. Yeah, it yeah. feels like you're a part of this thing. And like, yeah. I, I, I hope I don't put words in Aaron's mouth, but she actually brought something up to me kind of recently where I think like in her younger years, and I, I hope I don't fucking twist what she said, but what I gathered anyway, what I heard was that in her younger age, she was a little bit more like she would see these massive problems. Oh, I need to, um, like that's why she went vegan she just we can't kill any of the animals i don't want anyone to be poor like these really like the, the globe matters we need to stop all these emissions like these really grand ideas yeah. which a lot of those people i think that's what it is like macro problems i can't fix myself because i don't have the discipline or the know-how to do it so i'm going to attach myself to this grandiose idea of me actually do, making a difference even though i'm not i'm just going to pester working class people and throw paint at them or something that's what jordan peterson argues exactly. a lot yeah and, and so aaron said like 
what she found was actually a better way to make the world a better place is focus on massage. Some people are having a stressed out day. They got tension. I'm going to help you relax and have a really peaceful hour. And then I'm going to come home. I'll go to the gym. I'll eat better. I'm going to look after myself. I'm going to look after the people in my family and I'm just going to do my job appropriately. Yeah. And it reminds me of actually what sensei Andy said, you know, Andy. Yeah. So his brother had passed away. Uh, same, I think, was it pancreatic cancer or colon <clears throat> cancer? I kind of forget. Um, but he was saying, he's like, look, as a sensei or as a coach, he's like, I can't fix all my students' problems, man. Like, I want to, but I can't. He's like, I'm just a coach. But he's yeah. like, what I can give you is an hour of my time. I can give you my focus. I can make you laugh. He's like, we can hit some pads. And he's like, no matter what you're going through, he's like, I bet I can make you laugh in that hour. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll get you out of that mental state for one hour just that's it that's what i can offer you wow. and he's like that alone i can make the world a better place that's powerful and he was like my students did the same for me and i and me personally not just andy but like when my mom died two days later i was in the gym i was teaching 6am class and i just remember being like i just need to be here my students would almost like help me forget about it because we would just be working. We were like working techniques and we're talking about shit afterwards. And I'm like, fuck, this like lifted me out of that shit that I was in, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'd go home and I'd mourn some more and grieve and think about all that. But like for that time being, the students can help the coach because the coach doesn't always show that they're struggling or suffering. So yeah. it's like sometimes, yeah, you'd be surprised what you can do in just that small proximity instead of thinking this big grandiose thing like you're going to stop oil by sitting on a road and pissing off working class people providing for their family that's so powerful man you know that's the heroes of everyday life right it's like we all we're all going to need it at some point you know need the support and it's like yeah yeah go make your bed and you know feed your kids a healthy lunch don't worry about stopping global warming today you know like it's it's the whole gas station guy not just a gas station this is a service station because yeah. i serve people yeah like when people come here i'm gonna talk some shit and we're gonna i'm gonna get to know them yeah. a little bit while i'm pumping their gas i'm gonna make them feel better than when they came here man you know what that's that's it's not just okay it's it's exceptional you know like especially now with the social media world everything we all feel like we need to have a million subscribers or a million dollars or we need to be you know, exceptionally significant or in some manner or successful, but it's like, man, those are the everyday heroes, the the person that works a nine to five job. And whenever you see them at the gym or the gas station, they have a smile on their face. They take the time to ask you how you're doing, you know? And yeah, like, man, that's what it's about that. Like you can be an exceptional person. You can be an impactful person. And it doesn't matter what you do for work, how much money you make, how many subscribers you have, how many likes you have. It's like, it's okay to aspire to be that, you know, we don't all have to be famous, man. Everybody wants to be famous now and have a voice and be like the the star, the person. But it's like, we're forgetting, man. Like, that's not what it's about. You know, it's funny. There's a, there's a new employee at Safeway on the North end here. There's one lady I avoid like the plague. She's always treacherous. She's always bringing up some fucking negative shit. She's got bad energy. So I avoid her at all costs. Um, but there's a there's a new employee there and I was like, I seek her out because she's the guy at the gas station. She's serving people. Bro, I heard her just talking shit. She's having fun. She's like it's but it's she's very good at her job. She knows when to pull back, when to give a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But like she's she like was, a bum outside of the no Yeah, frills. yeah. She yeah. didn't say bum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was being like just really friendly and just like happy and I was like 
I went to get groceries and I'm leaving Safeway in a better mood because of that one individual. Yeah. She makes minimum wage. I don't know what her story is. She's not famous. But I didn't have Instagram. And yet she made me feel better than Sneeko ever has. Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. So it's like these little, like, little moments like that. Now I find because of that book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. I'm like seeking those people now. Yeah. So when I'm at like a, a place and they're like they're really like loving their job and they're super dialed in and focused, I'm like, you're that you're that guy. Dude, the Dollarama in Mormon, not the Dollar Tree, but the Dollarama. There's two employees, two ladies. One was like a younger gal. I haven't seen her in a while. One's this older lady, and same thing, like minimum wage, and always comment like I'm there with Natalia, and she just super bubbly, super nice, not over talkative, but nice always gives a compliment like i love your glasses always gives a compliment and we walked out like smiling and laughing and being like i was just like wow i was like i respect that you know like good on you i genuinely think that that is the far greater way to save the world than any of these big grand things yeah you know whatever you do do it well and do it like you care yeah you know yeah yeah treat people good yeah yeah, and just the presence of mind, I feel yeah. like, you know, like that's, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to get into it. Yeah. I'll quickly just say, but I, when my mom passed away, there was like a lot of people that messaged me, but um, I, I got a message from someone that I've never, ever felt that they were present ever. So they, but they, they wanted to, they wanted to chat. I didn't want to. I'm like, you've never, ever been focused and dialed in with when we talk. Why would I want you now? I want people that have, that'll actually listen, give feedback. And it's like, sometimes that's like the greatest gift ever. It's yeah. like, I was at like my lowest point and I didn't even want to talk to that person. Cause I was like, you got nothing to offer me. Like, I, I just, I need some help right now. And you're not, you're not that person. Yeah. You can't help me with nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was just because I know he's not present. Yeah. He can't focus. Yeah. Can't listen. You know? The little things, man. Yeah, man. Uh, next episode, I'm hoping that I'm going to get further on uh, the Empire of the Summer Moon. What a fucking mm. wild book! Is it bro. good? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Damn. It's making me like really want to like dive into more history shit. Damn. But it's like yeah, talking about like the Comanche and like they're going to war with Texas right now. It's fucking wild, dude. Damn. So yeah, I'm hoping I can get a little further in that book and get like some good concepts to share. But maybe next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do we got? Anything else you wanted to touch on? Um. Not really, bro. I have some random shit, but we can... uh, Wrap it up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. All right. Episode 129. Thanks for listening, y'all.